Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Uh, today's show is being brought to you by FSR Cattle Company. FSR Cattle Company is the premier producer of team roping and steer wrestling performance cattle. Uh, whether you need a few heads to practice around your place or you need a couple truckloads for a big event, uh, get your steers at FSR Cattle Company. Check them out on Instagram, Facebook, and at FSRCattleCompany.com. Uh, today, I've got a special guest on the podcast, Kaylee Clark. Um, she's a, a WPRA barrel racer. She's into fitness. She's a new mom. Um, she's got all kinds of things going on. And we have, we have something else in common in terms of, uh, you know, a love of the rodeo world and, and fitness as well. Um, we both have chronic type illnesses. So um, we're just going to get right into it and uh, have Kaylee share her story and um, tell us what she's all about. So Kaylee, welcome to Modern Cowboy. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Very, really excited to be on. Yeah. We're, well, we're, I'm excited for you to be on. Um, you know, the, one of the things that, that caught me, uh, you know, on your social media feed was you had posted uh, a picture uh, back in, I think it was 2010, I believe. Um, mm -hmm. And you were diagnosed with, um, uh, a, a disorder. So, uh, before we, before we get into that, um, just want you give us a brief history on yourself, uh, you know, how you got into, uh, barrel racing and the Western world. Um, and, uh, just, you know, what's going on with you, however brief or detailed you want to, to give us, and then, uh, just bring us right up to, you know, when you were diagnosed and we'll go from there. Perfect. So I am an Arizona native, born and raised here. I lived in Wyoming for a couple of years, and then I moved back to Arizona. I am 25, and I have an 18-month-old son. Um, we live in Glendale right now. Um, I was interested in horses my entire life. My aunt and uncle have... Um, a ranch that's got a couple thousand acres up in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And that's how I was really exposed. And my aunt and my cousins are barrel racers. And so I'd always been riding horses and running barrels for as long as I can remember. Um, I joined the WPRA in 2012 and got my permit filled and I've had to take some breaks in between everything because of my multiple health issues. So in 2010, it was actually the 4th of July, I woke up one morning and straight lines weren't straight anymore. Um, they had like a crook in them. It's of course hard to uh, describe it to someone else, but that's the easiest way to describe that. So not really thinking anything of it, I went to see the eye doctor who noticed that my optic nerve was very badly swollen and I was told to go to the emergency room at the Barrow Neurological Institute, which is here in Phoenix. 
So I went over there, and by that time, within 24 hours, uh, I had gone completely blind. I could see shapes and colors, but that was it. I remember I was in my hospital room, and my mother walked into my hospital room, and I didn't even know that it was her because I, I could not see her until until she spoke was when I realized that it was her. So that was pretty frightening. Hmm. So they had determined that it was, it's called pseudotumor cerebri or idiopathic intracranial hypertension. And usually intracranial hypertension happens when you hit your head really hard and you have swelling inside of your skull. Um, So, but obviously this, for me, it comes without any injury or anything like that. So, they had to do a lumbar puncture, which is a, a needle into your spinal column. Uh, and normally they take your cerebral spinal fluid and send it off for testing or what have you. But for me, they take large amounts out because what happens is my body produces way too much cerebral spinal fluid and it all builds up within my skull giving me the symptoms of having a brain tumor, but it's not a tumor. It's just a bunch of cerebral spinal fluid. So every time, so every time I have a lumbar puncture, I've had like 52 of them to date. Um, They, they go in and they pull a bunch of fluid out and I'm on a medication that is a diuretic. So it's supposed to reduce all of the fluid in your body, including your cerebral spinal fluid. But for a long time, while it was helpful, it was not, it did not solve the problem completely. Um, so dealing with that has been very interesting. After my first lumbar puncture, I regained most of that vision that I lost, but I have permanently lost one third of my vision because of this and it's gone forever and it's a little worrying I'm only 25 and my vision's already pretty bad so I can't imagine what it'll be like when I'm older Um, but hopefully we can manage it and now that I've um, had some had some dealings with all of this we'd um, there's a, a shunt that you can have put into your spinal column that continuously drains the fluid. Um, so we've had discussions about that, and that was a possibility. And I've had, I can't tell you how many different procedures I've had to try and fix this. And it has definitely eased up a little bit um, in these past eight years. So now I haven't had... I haven't had any surgeries or any lumbar punctures or anything in about a year. So that's been, that's been better. Um, so dealing with all of these health issues has been, I wouldn't say detrimental to my barrel racing career, but it has definitely been a big setback that I've had to overcome multiple, multiple times. It felt like I would have a little bit of success and then I would, have to deal with health problems and that would put me out for six, eight months. And then I have to come back and, you know, and back and forth and do this over and over. And I had a friend go and rodeo on one of my horses and that was a mess. He came back injured. 
Um, so I don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of kind of a bunch of trial and error to see what works and what doesn't. And I definitely haven't perfected that yet. And not that I will ever have it perfected, but I try. So that's kind of where I'm at now. I've had another big uh, amount of time off when I became pregnant. Um, I was barrel racing and competing up until I was about six months pregnant. And then my balance was just too off balance and my belly was getting big enough to where it was not comfortable to sit in the saddle. <laughs> um, so I had to take all of that time off. And then, of course, I had the baby via C-section. So then uh, I started riding way too soon. Um, I started riding about two weeks postpartum. And then I went to a Fallon Taylor clinic six weeks postpartum which was amazing. And I am so glad that I went and I learned so much, but for, I, sh I should have waited. My incision was not anywhere near healed enough. And then about this time last year, I was having to deal with a bunch of medical problems again, especially relating to the pseudo tumor. So now my horse has again had another year off from barrel racing and he only had maybe three months you know after I had my son to when I had to stop again so now I'm kind of at where I'm at now where I'm working him again and I've I've started um, working him and and working on the pattern and conditioning and all of that so I'm hoping come January to start our um, our professional rodeo circuit come January. That's my goal. We'll see what happens, but that's my plan as of now anyway. Yeah, that's, that's an incredible, incredible story, but I've just, I've got to just, uh, you know, say this, when you said you, you, you've had 52 lumbar punctures, um, and those yeah. are not, those are not fun at all. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. And, and not to take anything away from your story right now, but just, I, I have a, an iron overload, um, uh, disorder that's caused from a, uh, mutated chromosome. And long story short, the only way they can treat that, and it, it went undiagnosed for, I mean, years and years and years. So it, a lot of damage was done to my organs and my joints yeah. and things. So I have to get, I've, I've had to get my blood drained. Initially I went every 10 days for almost three mm -hmm. years, every 10 days, and they took uh, a liter, you know, 16.7 or um, a whole uh, 500 milliliters, I mean, of blood every time I went. So um, I, I can, I, I could totally relate to, you know, being punctured and drained to uh, oh, yeah. keep you healthy. Um, so now you haven't, and of course, they don't, they don't know what causes uh, the overproduction of the cerebral spinal fluid, correct? That's right. Yeah. It's, and that's why they call it idiopathic is because no one has definitively figured out the cause as of yet. It generally happens and it's weird the things that they have kind of pinned, you know, they've made pinpoints about it. It generally happens to uh, women um, around my age. Like when I, when I was diagnosed, I was in my late teens. So late teens, early twenties. And it's usually over women who are overachievers and are overweight is 
generally the the population of people who get diagnosed with this disease, which is, and if, of course, that's not true for everyone, but that's been another reason that I've started a fitness journey is that there is no guarantee that losing weight is going to help this, but it's worth a try, you know, and, and why not? And um, right before I had actually, I had lost a bunch of weight and I was at a place that I was so happy with right before I became pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so then of course I become pregnant and you just gaining weight, gaining weight is healthy when you're pregnant. You're supposed to gain weight when you're pregnant, but that, you know, of course that doesn't help you know, the way you feel about yourself when you gain weight. So um, this fitness journey has been a blessing to start. It's, and I think it helps me mentally far more than it helps me physically. Yeah. As, yeah. as strange as that sounds. No, yeah, it's not strange at all. You know, I, I was a chiropractor for many years and, and uh, avid fitness enthusiast and, studied nutrition, physiology, exercise physiology and everything. And I still, you know, train a lot And that at the, the point I'm at now in my life, it's, it's like, it is more of an emotional and mental thing, the training as, as much as it is physical too, you know, so I totally understand what you're talking about. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. So now are you, are you training in a gym? You train at home? What, what, what type of program are you on that you're, you're doing now? I enjoy going to the gym. Um, I feel like when I'm, I love to do workouts at home, but I feel very, when I'm at home, I can come up with a thousand reasons why I'm too busy to do a workout at home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, I need, I need to read to the baby or do the dishes or the laundry. So it's hard for me to get in a good mindset to work out at home, which is why I prefer to go to the gym. So generally what I do at the gym is, at least three minutes of cardio. Usually it's about 45. And then I do weight training on top of that. So then I'll kind of rotate through, you know, different sections of your body and exercise that way. And I love to go, not now, in the summertime in Arizona, for people who've never been to Arizona, it is so hard to describe the heat. But the only thing I can liken it to is when you're baking something in the oven and you are bent over and you open the oven door and you get a blast of heat to your face. <laughs> yeah. That is that is like walking out your front door in the Arizona summer. So when it's cooler outside, I like to go, I'll put my little one in the stroller and we'll go for a walk around the neighborhood. Or um, And a couple of times I'll go, and I know some people do not, like to walk around when they lunge their horse but when I lunge my horse um, I, I walk around it helps me get my steps in I can get some cardio in and it makes it so that my horse isn't being lunged in the very tight circles and one thing I used to work at Turf Paradise which is the racetrack here and the one thing that I've learned from all of the trainers that I came into contact with is uh, and they put their race horses on walkers uh, for warm up and cool down. And every single trainer wishes that the walkers extended so that the circumference of the circle is bigger because they believe that having their horses 
uh, even to to warm up and cool down walking around in tighter circles is a little bit more um, more wear and tear on their horse's joints to do that. So they would much prefer uh, straight lines when they are warming up and cooling down horses. So um, with that in mind, I I was like, I'm just I'm going to walk around while I launch this horse, and we'll both get a workout in. That's great. That's that's totally great. Now, are, do you um, what do you what do you do for for work? I am a. It's kind of hard to explain. I am a special education instructional assistant. So I work in classrooms with uh, special ed kids. Last year, I was working in our sensory integration program, which is a program that caters to children with autism who are mostly nonverbal and low functioning. Mm -hmm. So I was working there last year, which was very fulfilling and rewarding. There was a, we had a kid in the class who would refuse to write anything. So no one knew if he could write and I'd worked with him for months. And finally, I got him to write his name on his paper. And I know to anyone else, it would sound so, you know, mundane or, or you know, not something to celebrate. But I was so excited that day. I was like, I just got this kid to write his name on this paper yeah. <laughs> when, you know, he's been in school his whole life and no one's ever been able to get him to do this. Um, and, and I was able to break through. So it was really fulfilling in that way, but it's very stressful in other ways because when you have children who are nonverbal, especially if they do not know sign language, it is very difficult for them to communicate with you and to express their wants and their needs and their feelings. So you can have really big outbursts that can be violent in some cases, and it's not that they you harm it's just they can't communicate with you that's their only way that they can express something to you so I did that last year and this year I am working and it's called read 180 and it's intended for students who are reading at least two years below their grade level um, so we do you know they read books and have their reading logs and they have a system on the computer that you know, helps them with vocabulary and, and reading comprehension. Um, so this, it's a lot more laid back this year, um, but I, I really enjoy it. It's something that um, I didn't see myself in this field, but my mom has been in special education my entire life. So I've always been exposed to it and here I am. And so now I am, I'm going to, I'm getting in the process of getting my teaching degree, um, but I won't stay in special ed. I think I will go over to math or science or something along those lines. Very cool. And, and where are you where are you studying your classes at? Arizona State University. Oh, you are okay. So, yeah. So you've got a busy schedule with. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> everything that you've got going. Did you do you have some help with with all this or? Oh, yeah. Yeah. My fiance, Chris, helps out with the baby a lot. And he's actually going to school uh, to get his CDLA so that he can um, 
drive a tractor trailer. So he's doing that. So it's been, it's been really hectic, but he helps out with the baby. Um, and then I watch the baby when he's at school and, uh, it's been super hectic, but it's, I, I'm really happy with where my life is right now. I feel like I've grown a lot as a person and this isn't, I am not sponsored, but I joined barrel racing college um, over a year ago when it was first created. And it has been a godsend. Not only um, it is by the 2014 world champion Fallon Taylor, and it goes into, you know, specifics of barrel racing, specifically working on you know, hitting barrels or trying to get some speed in the pattern or, you know, very specific problems like that, which is very helpful. But it also exposed me to people who try to better themselves every day and go out of their way to, you know, read as many books as they can and meditate and find different ways to, you know, become centered and and just help you be a, a better human being and it's been it's been a huge factor of what has helped me get so far in this last year because I feel like I've accomplished a lot more in this last year than I have in quite a while so I think that's that has helped quite a bit yeah that, that's that's great and it's very inspiring and and I agree I mean that's you know, if you're not, if you're not growing, basically you're dying and you just always have to, you know, be working to improve yourself and be a better person. And, and that way you can help more people and uh, just makes the world a better place. I think that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's been, it's been, it's been a, a total life changer. I mean, I've, and I've always been a reader, but uh, this past year, like I usually read, you know, two books a month. And, you know, there was some study done about, you know, the uh, top money earning CEOs and what they do differently than the people who are not in their shoes. And one of it was that they read, I don't know, something like an average of 50 books in a year Mm -hmm. or something, you know, like they are always trying to learn new things and develop new practices and just get a little bit better every single day and find find something that can help you in your life and then in whatever whatever field that you're in because there's literally all I mean there's you can always improve no one is ever no one is ever perfect or has everything figured out so it's um you know it's good to try and and be better every single day yeah that's great that's great so um now fallon taylor she i she started well she actually calls it barrel racing college huh it is yep barrel racing college that's that is so cool so very cool it is yeah and it's um for anyone who's interested in joining it's barrelracingcollege.com and you can find all of the information about that um, and Fallon's Instagram is at Fallon Taylor two. And then on her page, you can see all of the different things that she's got going on, which is uh, barrel racing college. And she's got a free 
fitness group in a group called the Passion Project, where it's helping people who are starting their own businesses mm -hmm. and how to navigate all of that and, you know, save money and start your business or be a better employee. Um, and, and all of that has helped me immensely and, and on my social media too. That's helped. That's helped a lot. Yeah, that's great. That's very cool. So tell me now, um, be, you know, being in the barrel racing world, the Western world, cowboy, cowgirl world, uh, you, you gotta have a, a favorite, uh, cowboy hat brand. Ooh, yeah, probably my favorite is probably glam and grit. Uh -huh. Um, they have these, oh, they're super, super unique and beautiful. I remember the first time I saw a hat that had the decorative, um, I'm not even sure what the right term would be, but, um, like the underneath, underneath the brim where there's, you know, rhinestones and beautiful designs and, it's very, it's very chic and, oh, that's so beautiful. And I've, I recently started wearing a helmet when I run barrels. Um, and I should have done, I started wearing a helmet in 2009 because I was in an accident with my then barrel horse. I came off, it was actually up in New River, Arizona. I, I came off and I, I hit my forehead on all of the metal rails as I came down. Oh. Um, and, oh, I was, on, I was unconscious for several minutes. And I still don't remember any of it. Uh, I had to be life-flighted to St. Joe's because they have the, the Neurological Institute there. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, everything came out okay on the other side. But that was horrifying so when I went to NBHA world championships that summer I had I wore a Troxel helmet that was like a cowboy hat like it, it's it basically looked like a gigantic cowboy hat like a hat that's you know three sizes too big for your head but it's still a helmet and it still gives you the look of a cowboy hat and then I started, I started rodeoing and it was a self-conscious thing. When you go to rodeos, you'd have, I, you know, you'd hear comments of like, well, if you're going to run at a pro rodeo, you shouldn't have to wear a helmet. You should be skilled enough to wear, you don't need a helmet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and you're not a cowgirl if you wear a helmet. And it was really intimidating to me. And so I did, I stopped. I stopped wearing my helmet and went back to wearing a hat. And then just recently after having my son, it was the strangest thing. I had never, I'd never experienced fear before, but I realized that before I would make a run, every time I would think, oh my gosh, what if I, what if I this is going to take care of my son, what's he going to do? And I would, I would psych myself out before a run and then I'd enter the arena and I'd be like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to go fast. I'm just going to, I'm going to go a little bit slower and that'll make me feel like I'm being a little bit more safe. And I just realized that that's, 
that's ridiculous and that's not what barrel racing is about um so i decided that i put put a helmet back on and and i did and it just it helps my it helps my confidence mm -hmm. and uh, and i feel so much more safe which then allows me to think about you know what i came to this arena to do not you know being fearful of you know falling off or hurting myself yeah 100% and you know it's the same in bull riding you know look at all the new young guys coming up are wearing helmets you know so um it it makes sense and Fallon she started wearing helmets too you know yeah yep and, and which uh, is which is amazing and that's and that's something that yeah and if there are bull riders wearing helmets then there should not be you know there should not even be a discussion of wearing a helmet makes you any less talented than you are right and 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 i don't under i don't understand where where that mindset comes from and when i started wearing a helmet again i just had to i myself had to get into the mindset of i'm being safe and i'm doing what's best for me and and someone else's opinion about me is none of my business. Exactly. So. Exactly. <laughs> no, I agree 100%. Um, yeah, you know, and the other thing, too, is riding a barrel horse, uh, there's a lot of uh, cowboys out there, including myself. I, I – I don't know. I don't know that I, I matter of fact, I know I don't really want to ride a barrel horse one because yeah. just coming down, <laughs> coming down the alley is like uh, being in a rough stock event, you know? And so that, that's, oh, not yeah. either. So um, it's a very uh, fast, you know, uh, moving event on a very athletic horse and it takes, you know, an athletic cowgirl to do it. And, and so, you know, why not wear, wear a helmet? It's just, uh, it, it just makes sense. So good for you. That's yeah, cool. yeah, it does. And it does it and it's it takes a lot more uh skill and precision than a lot of people would expect that it does. So yeah, it's just yeah, you know. Absolutely. It's more than just running around in, in a few circles. Yeah. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Now, how about uh, how about uh, boots? Do you have any special brand or style of boots that you like? So I absolutely love uh, tin halls, just uh -huh. because they are again they're they're so different and and decorative and unique. And I had this pair that was uh, blue checkered with you know dark blue and and light blue, and I love them so much. But I wore them pretty much every single day for probably a consecutive year <laughs> it got to the point where like I tore them up so quickly um so I was really really disappointed so now I've got my tin hauls but I only wear them on you know special occasions or competition days and then I've got you know some pairs of ariats that I go and those are my you know, just go into whatever, clean stalls, work my horse, you know, go to the practice 10, you know, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. How about, uh, how about, uh, movies, cowboy movie? Yeah. But if, if you don't have a favorite cowboy movie or if you've got another favorite movie, you can, you can go, go either way on that. That's a tough one. Um, you know, is when you say cowboy movie, and I know this is not a, 
I mean, I wouldn't consider it cowboy, but I immediately think of Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, Texas. and I used to I used to watch that with my great grandma. She would watch every single day. She would watch her soap opera <laughs> and uh, and Walker, Texas Ranger. And so that was my and every time I see it on TV now, I turn it on I'm like, oh, my gosh. It was such a long time ago. It brings back such good memories. Yeah, that's a great show. But that's and, a tough one. Favorite I, movie. I really, I, I really like Secretariat. That's a good one. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a great movie. And hey, and I considered Walker Texas Ranger uh, a, a cowboy movie. I just do. You know. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I I love that show. But uh, the other thing, when you said Secretariat, I, I mean, I don't know if you know this or not, but. Ariat Boots got their name or in Ariat Clothing and the Ariat brand. That Ariat is the last part out of the name of the horse Secretariat. Secretariat, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd heard that somewhere, and I was never sure if it was actually true. Yeah, yeah, it is very cool. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So now, uh, you know, back to you know your uh, dealing with uh, you know your. your you know your medical stuff uh you 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 i thought i thought i saw some posts about you know having chronic pain so do you have do you have like uh more pain caused from this too or yes so the the pain aspect i was diagnosed with chronic pancreatitis i want to say i was about 13 years old when that happened and I had just had horrible, horrible stomach pain. Like I just immediately like dropped to my knees, couldn't walk. It was so, so painful. And I'd gone to Phoenix Children's and I think that hospital stay was maybe only 10 days. And and then it just kept happening over and over and over. And I've, at this point, I've been admitted to the hospital more times than I could ever even begin to try to count and I'd spend consecutive months at a time like 30 60 consecutive days and that would happen over and over throughout the course of a couple of years and I had essentially spent almost the entire junior year of high school at Phoenix Children's Hospital Um, So the chronic pain, I was put into pain management for the pancreatitis. I also have eosinophilic esophagitis, which is basically, it's like an unknown food allergy, but it could be something that's in the air or in the water, something something that you are ingesting, uh, but it's a delayed reaction. So I could... I could ingest something that I am allergic to and not have a reaction until seven days later, Mm. which makes it nearly impossible to figure out, you know, what the allergen is. And what happens is your body makes these white blood cells called eosinophils, and they basically go and they attack my esophagus and the lining of my stomach and my colon um, so that also became a, a huge, huge problem. And then with the pseudotumor, I get awful, awful headaches, especially when my intracranial pressure is really high. So if, if, someone's, if someone has a lumbar puncture 
and the opening pressure is 20, that would be considered in the normal range, but it would be high. Like it would be something that a neurologist would want to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. My opening pressure my for my first lumbar puncture was 55. Ooh. And and that is why I was essentially blind. And so, but having pressures that high, it can also cause your brain to hemorrhage. So it was, um, and that was the reason why I had to have a C-section with my son is they were worried that with my already increased pressure, if I were to push, it would increase the pressure further and it could cause my brain to hemorrhage. So all, all of those reasons were why I was put into pain management. Um, and I was only, but I was in it, um, Probably like from my from the time I was thirteen until the time I was maybe twenty one because in pain management they give you pain medications mm-hmm. which which was helpful to me at first because I was experiencing so much pain that i I was not able to go to school or you know, do, do normal things. And so the pain meds helped me, but come by the time I'm 19, 20 years old, now I can't go without it. And I'm having to plan my day around it. And it it becomes there. And there's a fine line from being physically dependent Mm -hmm. to being addicted where it, it controls your life and it consumes you. So when I was 21, I stopped taking pain meds and while it was a really really tough decision and it was terrible like I've I've very seriously thought that I was not going to survive it was yeah. that bad yeah but now that I have it's it's been so it's been so much better and and there are days where you know I, I still experience a lot of pain but it's just one of those things that I would rather, you know, I'd rather have some tough days and just have to alter my mindset than to take a medication that is going to alter the way that I think and the way that I feel. So it's it's been great to be off of pain medications for, oh gosh, I guess that's been about four or five years now. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah I, so that's I, helped a lot. Yeah, I totally understand that. I mean, the, the pain medications are fine for a crisis situation, but it's not any anything that you ever want to be on long term. I, I, I used them for a while with just due to the joint damage and stuff. I've gotten the constant chronic mm-hmm. pain, but I'm like you. I'd rather deal with uh, with some you know days that are a little little maybe a little tougher and uh, just yeah. use other ways to deal with it, but. Yeah, well, you you are definitely definitely a strong young woman, and you know that's one of the reasons I wanted to reach out to you and just you know hear your story and and, and share it with others because it uh, it is very inspiring, you know, um, as well. Well, thank you. I I appreciate that. It's it's not something that I guess when I look back on everything that has happened, it was. You know, of course, at the time, it wasn't like, oh, I'm so thankful for this experience. <laughs> you know, right, of course, right. it's like, why is this happening to me? Right. You know, and, and you feel just, you know, lost. But now it's definitely shaped 
me and it's helped me. It's really helped me put things into perspective of, you know, things could be so much worse. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's, you know, it's one of those things you have to find, you have to find the silver lining in the bad things or, or they will have happened essentially for no reason. Like if you don't gather the good things out of, out of bad things that happen, then you don't learn and you don't grow. And it was all for nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, gosh, Katie, Hey, I just want to thank you again for, for coming on the podcast and um, you know, we're, we're right close in the, in the, in, in the same, I mean, we're real close to each other. So um, hopefully have the opportunity to meet you in person here one of these days. Yeah, absolutely. That would be great. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Hey, thanks again. And uh, yeah, thank luck. you so much for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. And good luck with the future. And then, and we'll definitely uh, stay in touch. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer. Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and pin. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs. $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick. Although we're all the same. The minute we ride in to the roping pen Well, I ain't no play speed But I give her hell, he never can tell Someday I just might be We'll turn a few steers and we'll tell a few lies Kick back in the saddle and philosophize Most of life's problems Yeah, we're gonna solve them Down at the roping pen Yeah, we don't do it for the money Yeah, we're always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope He's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the rope and pen And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack You can back it up Oh, but we're all friends No matter who wins Down at the rope and pen Someday I just might be We'll turn another pen of steers Tell a few more lies Drink another beer And hypothesize Most of life's problems By God we're gonna solve them Down at the roping pen We'll see y'all again Next weekend Down at the roping pen
down at the road and 